This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it, a stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're gonna say he stepped out, but I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone, and he drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, the field on the carry, watch out! Justin Fields, hello, Columbus, 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's gonna be rated higher. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Vernon and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. We seem to have more and more new people checking in around here as our presence kind of grows, the YouTube presence kind of grows, and people are like, well, who are you and why are you talking about my team? Why are you saying anything about my favorite quarterback, my favorite running back? For those who are uninitiated, and it seems like we're getting more and more of those people, this is CampusToCan.com. This is the Debbie Debate Show, one of our live shows, or I guess our only live show weekly. We also do a pregame show on Saturday mornings, but – the f- fantasy football format that we play is the same name of the website, Campus to Canton Fantasy Football Format. So you have a full college team and a full NFL team, and when your college players uh, declare for the NFL draft, you they're added to your NFL roster. So just you know, take, for example, last year, if you had Bryce Young rostered, um, you would get the points on on the college side of your league, and then when he goes to the Carolina Panthers, he's just added to your NFL team. You can start him there with, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whomever. Uh, I'm Felix Sharp, Chris Moxley to my, I don't know, left down there at the bottom uh, left-hand corner is Austin Nace. And then Matthew Bruning in the bottom right-hand corner who never wants to be here, never wants to be here. Uh, And Luke Probasco, Luke is in the chat talking to us today. You can talk to us in the chat too if you want to. We're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy race today. We're going to talk about Michigan sign stealing. And we're going to ask... Who is going to be the first non-freshman taken in supplemental drafts uh, next year? So every single year, there's a draft where you can take the freshman like, you know, Dylan Royola. And uh, who's that? Who's the, the wide receiver going to Texas Tech? What? What? That's the only one I know. Yes. <laughs> what? 
Dillaroy, who's the wide? Well, Jaden Davis, Micah Hudson. I was going to say Michael. Micah Hudson, the uh, five-star going there to, to Texas Tech. You can draft all of those players, but you can also draft any of the players uh, who weren't drafted in the college player pool. So, you know, Kevin Concepcion, Arliss Boardingham, uh, those types of guys. So we're going to figure out who is the first non-freshman that can be should be taken in, in supplemental drafts next year. But before we get to that, man, I, I don't – I don't think it's just me. There are so many players who have underperformed that we had high expectations for. I was just writing down a list before the show, and you get, I mean, it's very quickly you can get to a, a full list, and I'm pretty sure we could add more players to this list. Nick Singleton, Drew Aller, Dante Moore, Raheem Sanders, Travion Henderson. Quinshawn Duckins has picked it up here in the last few weeks, but he's kind of been down in comparison to his freshman year. Um, Justice Haynes not getting on the field. Donovan Edwards at Michigan. Jamarion Miller. Uh, Emeka, I would even throw Jace McClellan in there, quite frankly. Uh, Emeka Abuka, Barry and Brown. Squirrel White, Jerion Dickey, Malik Benson, Luke Lachey. I could probably, if I had more time, I could go through more players and um, uh, add to this list. But Austin, I don't know. I don't know if there's any takeaway. We knew that this was a year where there were not a lot of established guys. But who amongst this group? And you can add to it if you want to. Who amongst this group do you have the most faith in? I, I was going to say, I don't know that it's necessarily that we have a lot of people underperforming. I think maybe we set unfair expectations for a lot of these players because we talked a lot this offseason about how much college football was losing this year in terms of guys that we knew and knew what their role was and knew what they were capable of. And we were saying, you know, these are the guys that are going to replace them. Here we go. And, you know, it, I think it's just a lot more possible that we, well, I, we were wrong, but I also think that part of it is just, you know, we hadn't seen enough of anybody and we picked the, the wrong people and those guys ended up stepping up. I think a lot of the names on this list actually been injured this year. So I don't want to go too hard on some of them. Uh, you asked me who I have the most faith in from this list. I think it's got to be, Quinshawn Judkins. And I still think, you know, if I'm drafting a running back from the 2025 class today, I still prefer Nick Singleton for all the reasons we've talked about over the past couple of years. You know, Singleton basically is the Saquon Barkley region. He is very similar athletically. And Barkley, for all the things that we like about him, is not really like a great quote unquote running back. But he's so athletic that it doesn't necessarily always matter for him. And Singleton is kind of a similar type of player. Not as good of a receiver. I think we've seen him um, you know, botch uh, a, a lot of the receiving end of things. So I, I still prefer Singleton over Judkins. But I think Judkins has actually – like I think we knew what he was. And I think now that he's healthy again, he is back to showing exactly what he was. And so I think like of anybody that I have the most faith in, like if you just made me pick a name out of those names you said and said, do we know what this player is today and what is he going to be tomorrow? I think I would have the easiest time saying this is what Quinshawn Judkins does. This is what he's capable of today. And it's probably the same thing he's going to be capable of tomorrow. He's a very safe player who I think is going to be a good player, but isn't transcendent like a guy like Nick Singleton has a chance to be. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. Mox, uh, Matt, I mean, what's your take on how many players that we've seen kind of underperform expectations this year? I think Austin said it correctly at the beginning, which is we had a lot to replace 
just in high variance and high end positions. So like Ohio state losing a quarterback is a significant replacement. And like, I don't think we've had an answer and Alabama is the same position. So all of these high leverage situations are turning over. And so we didn't have a good answer. And I, I felt like we were kind of on that from the beginning of like, Hey, 2025, 2024, 2026, like these future classes are very much in flux. And, you know, the list that you gave is like pretty accurate. And yeah, there's a couple injuries on there, but I mean, a lot of those guys are just underperforming even when they are playing. I mean, if you want me to give a guy that I feel confident in, like I still really like a Mecca Buka, but he's been hurt a lot. I think that he's probably hurt, but I, I don't think he's sitting out the same way that JSN was last year post-injury. But, you know, it's a legitimate question. What What is going on with a lot of these players? And are they going, are the juniors going to declare? I think is a pretty interesting question because I think Raheem Sanders is is the center of that discussion. Does he come back for our, for Arkansas for another year? I think he might. So, yeah, it's it, it is, it tells you how much variance is in college football. At the end of the day, like we we don't really know a whole lot. We're projecting a lot, so yeah, we we don't know. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with with Austin and and Mox on this. I, I think some of it is what Austin said. Maybe we just put too high expectations on this, and some of that probably because of as they both mentioned the players that we lost. We were expecting these guys to come in and kind of replace all the players we've seen leave college over the past couple of years, at least since we've started doing this. You know, I, I actually agree if, if I had to pick one or two players, it'd probably be um, Quinshawn and and Mecca. I actually don't think Quinshawn has been that bad in receiving him. He's caught all but one of his passes. That he, He's got, I think, 13 targets. He's got 12 catches, I believe. So, like, I don't think he's been bad. His dots only, I think it's, it's a little over three yards, but I think that's a little bit unjusted because he had like one game where like his a dot was like at eight or something like that. Most of them have been right around the line of scrimmage, but I think he's going to be fine. In the receiving game. I don't want to say he's going to be Saquon Barkley. Cause I don't think he's going to be that. I know that's not what Austin was saying, but like, I don't think that the receiving game is anywhere near how great of a receiving um, running back that Saquon Barkley is. But I, I think when going to be fine, Mecca is hurt. And I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say that offense hasn't really performed either. Like it, it's not been good. I think there's some serious questions about it. And some of that goes to, as Mox mentioned, not just with them, with, with Alabama, the changes at quarterback. And when we didn't know what it was going to be, I mean, granted, yes, Marvin Harrison's performing, but I think we all, I think Marvin Harrison was the only player we had in tier zero in our Debbie guide this year. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's what we expected out of Marvin Harrison. He's doing exactly what we expect and why we like Mecca we've never put him in that same category. He's a little bit of a different player. So, and he, I think is going to be fine toward the back end of the season. It sounds like he's finally healthy and we'll be back this week. So we'll see. I, I don't. Drew Alar is, is intriguing to me because I feel like he's made some good throws, but he has just not played well. And I don't know how much of that is Penn state doesn't have anything on that offense besides Singleton. And him, I think the play calling has been arguably horrible. Some of that I think is because of James Franklin. He's always played it safe. I'm not extremely worried about him, but I am starting to become more and more worried about him with the way he's played. 
Um, Colin asks in the chat, he says, biggest surprise junior that returns this year to recoup their draft stock for 2025. I don't think that there are any surprises. Quinn Ewers, I think, is guaranteed to come back. Travion Henderson, Raheem Sanders, I don't really see any of them declaring for the NFL draft this year. And if they do, they're not going to get the draft capital that you expected when you took them, you know, in the uh, very highly in freshman drafts or very highly in a in a startup draft. So, um, and Colin that says uh, Caleb Williams, no, Caleb Williams is going. I think Caleb Williams is is going. It doesn't make sense for him to stay. I don't, I don't know that it would be a surprise, but a name on this list I think is almost assuredly coming back as Donovan Edwards. And I don't think we thought uh, yeah. that at the beginning of this year. So I don't know that's a huge surprise based on his play this year, though. He should leave Michigan, too. And go where? You're not wrong there, either. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have think that great... Michigan suits Oregon. his skill set. I know. Oregon. Yeah. Go to USC. Yeah, that would be a good one. Lincoln Oregon. Riley's all always about bringing in transfer running backs. Go to USC. I, I agree with that. I, I never thought Michigan was a good landing spot for Donovan Edwards, given his skill set. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, even even with Andrew Luck as his quarterback, he wanted to have 17 tight ends on the field. He wanted to have a fullback in the uh, on the backfield and run the ball, run, run student body right. I mean, you got to remember, Jim Harbaugh's mentor is um, it was Bo Schimbeckler, and that's he's still trying to run Bo Schimbeckler's offense. Um, there was another point I was going to make there. I can't remember what it was. Let me ask you guys this. So Bud Elliott on Matt, I don't know. I know you listen to cover three. I don't, I don't know if Austin does. But Bud Elliott speculated this week on cover three. He said he's got good intel that there are some players who are acting like they're injured, but they're not actually injured because they are just uh, trying to preserve their bodies for the NFL draft. The first name that I thought of, was Travion Henderson. Matthew, you had to have th- thought that, that was who he was talking to. Because, I mean, we saw this last year with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and everybody was speculating, you know, if he was actually injured or so. But did you catch that? Do you have any – I mean, we're speculating here, but that was the first yeah. name that I thought of. I don't have any names off the top of my head. I don't know that Travion is doing that because I don't know that it's – like, what has he done outside of his freshman year to earn himself good draft capital, though? Like, I actually think him not playing this year is hurting him more than it is helping him. I think well, we was, saw two weeks ago he was, like, warming up on the field. I forgot who they played before. He was warming up last week, too. He was warming up last I'm like, how is this yeah. dude not playing? Like, he looked fine. Obviously, we don't know the extent, but that's exactly who I thought of was Travion Henderson. I don't, I don't know that he's doing it because of the NFL draft. I know there was a lot of animosity last year between him and the medical staff when he dealt with the broken bone in his foot, and he tried to play through it and then made it worse and had to get surgery in the offseason. And it took him a while to get back. So maybe some of it is he's not wanting to push himself because he tried to do it for the team last year. And in essence, he got screwed. He made it 10 times worse and ended up missing out toward the end of the year and in the playoff game because they didn't let him sit out earlier in the year. I don't have anything to back that up. That's just me guessing. I don't think he's sitting out for the NFL draft because I I would – I don't know that he would get a second round draft grade right now. So if you're sitting out, like how is that? It's not helping you at all. I, I think even if he goes to the combine and, and test, if well he went to the combine up, and ran a four, three and jumped 40 inches and put up, you know, two, that, 225, yeah, 25, times, maybe he jumps up maybe. there, but I, I still, I, I don't know. Like I'm sure he jump up into day two, but like, I don't think him sitting out is helping his case any person. Um, so for, for the uninitiated again, Debbie, the word Debbie means developmental. It's really just a focus on which college players have the potential to be NFL 
stars uh, in our fantasy leagues. The term CFF stands for college fantasy football, and it's only uh, a consideration of how productive this player can be in college football. So, you know, generally speaking, you, you got these G5 guys. Think about Jalen Royals and Torrey Horton and um, uh, R.J. Harvey down at UFC. Those are guys who we may not have – actually, Torrey Horton, we think he's going to be an NFL player. But the other two, we don't think they're going to have NFL futures, but they, they're very productive in college football. And so I'm, I'm surprised, Chris. I actually wanted to ask you about, about this. I'm surprised that not only are there – players who are underperforming from a Debbie perspective, but even from a CFF perspective, a lot of the guys that we had high expectations for are just not performing. Joe Milton, that whole entire offense, say Bangora at, uh, at Ohio. As, as a matter of fact, throw Sam Wig Wigloose in there, throw Curtis Rourke in there. Austin Reed, I feel like last year he was averaging, what, like 35, 36 points a game. He's down to 20. And I was watching that game yesterday against Liberty. I'm like, Damn, this team looks a lot like Washington, uh, Washington State last year, throw, having a super horizontal offense. And Washington State looks a lot like uh, Louisville, Kentucky did uh, la uh, last year. So, um, but Austin Reed is—he played yet well yesterday, but he's underperforming. Devin Watson, now he's been injured. I had expectations for him. Uh, T.J. Harden, kind of thought that he might split the backfield there at, U uh, at uh, UCLA. Speaking of Western Kentucky, Zach Kittley's. Who are you starting at Texas Tech's uh, Texas Tech's office? Jerron Bradley ain't been performing like he uh, we, we expected. Squirrel White, from a Debbie perspective and a CFF perspective, hasn't been the player that we thought. Ronde Gadsden, he's been injured, but there's been like a number of players from a from a college fantasy perspective that uh, we're just not getting what we thought. Do you have any perspective or thoughts i mean especially the mac guys like maybe we just haven't got to maximum that yet and that's when sam wigloose is going to blow up but i don't know yeah um so college fantasy is always extremely hard to predict in general like i i that's a really important point that i've talked about on twitter i think in articles just that it's super tough to understand what is going on in terms of, you know, year to year is, it, it's just tough. And so I'm not totally surprised. Um, production, but at the, at the end of the day, I, I do think you have to accept the variance. Like my, like not, I don't want to like humble brag, but I think I'm a pretty good college fantasy player in my CGC leagues. And I'm like under 500 in most of them. Like I, like I, I'm having a terrible year on an aggregate. Like it, it's hard to predict year over year just as bottom line. Uh, but this year especially has been one where I feel like variance is really caught up. Um, and I think that's partially the COVID year kind of like catching up with like people who have eligibility, don't have eligibility and it's getting real funky in that aspect of, in terms of like veterans on the team and, and what teams can retain guys. But yeah, it, it, it's been worse than I've seen it in the last probably three or four years. Austin, I have a league where I had a bunch of first, seconds and thirds. And so I got to mix like Debbie and CFF very early on. So I had one league where I had, where I drafted, Squirrel White, Saban Gura early, um, Dalvin Smith relatively early because I was figured I could put him in tight end. 
um, uh, Aranda Gadsden, all of whom have underperformed. Does well, this year it, at all? Literally, every, literally every name you yeah, mentioned there though is injured. I mean, I think that's, I und- that's I, a tougher to underperform. Say Bangor right? hasn't been injured. Samson Ed- Evans hasn't been injured. Sam Wigloose hasn't been injured. Curtis Rourke hasn't been injured. Those guys Wiglis have been Wait, Wigloose and Rourke, Rourke have been injured. Rourke was injured early on, but he's played the last couple of weeks. He was injured against San Diego State. Was he injured after that? I think he missed he's the next games. game and maybe the game after that. I think okay. he did. I could be wrong, but I guess my question is: Is does it change Hater-aid. your? I'm ha- I'm hating. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not drafting these guys. I I thought I had these juggernaut teams drafting all these guys, especially Aronde Gadsden. Put, plugging Aronde Gadsden into your the the Ohio offense is going to be Rourke Wiggles, Bingora has disappointed. Period. So like I'm not I'm not one to argue with you there. But, well, my question is: Is should it change how you draft like next year, where you just don't invest? I don't know because do you just like get these take the take those? It feels like I'm throwing darts here. Like I had high expectations for some of these players, and I'm not getting the points that I expected. Should it change my draft philosophy moving forward? In in what league? C two C. In a C two C league, right? Yes, where you I, should not. You should not be investing in college assets before the fifteenth round. This is so. Like I've no, talked. For years, it, it doesn't make sense. I'm not talking about a startup draft. I'm talking about a freshman draft where, you know, I'm getting to the third, fourth, fifth round. Maybe, yeah, around there. And I was investing. I'm like, all right, let me get Sabangora here. Let me get Aranda Gadsden earlier, early, thinking that, you know, somebody like Gadsden might have NFL potential. But I still think that I'm, I thought that I was locking up the college side of my league. And and you would have thought that too early on if you looked at my the, some of these rosters. Injuries happen, especially when we talk about Gaston and Damn. players like that. I mean, there's been a lot of high end injuries to key positions. Like Bowers is out, Gaston is out, Kuthi is out. Like it, it, it's like, injuries, but it's also underperforming. Because I'm thinking about like Nicholas Ian Allen's team in the league of record. I mean, that team just looked stacked early on. But you go, I think he went Austin Reed, Malachi Corley with his first and second round pick, I mean, or second and third round pick in a startup draft. You get that type of stack and you think, well, I mean, there he's got the college side. And it just hasn't been that way this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess what you guys are saying is, is yeah, don't, don't take CFF players. But at the same, some of these Debbie players haven't performed either. That's what it feels like. In some respects, it feels like we're throwing darts. I feel like my drafting experience this offseason was much different than than other people's drafting like outcome this offseason. I just here we go. I didn't have a bad. I'm below 500 in one league. I I had a fine offseason drafting. I'm not sure. I think it's just nature of some years you'll draft and you'll just like NFL redraft. You draft this year. You drafted Aaron Rodgers and, um, like who, who you know, Brees Hall started off slow. Yeah. Like you know, all these guys. Like I, I think it's just the same thing. It's just variance. I, I think you know, one year will be good, the next year will be bad, and so on and so forth. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see that there being any major shakeup in terms of how you drafted this year. I still think you were targeting the right things. You were looking at the right places. You were hitting the right positions. It just didn't quite all come together. And the beauty about C2C is that you can literally overhaul that entire roster 
in one off season without having to put in like all this extra, you know, dump 30 P you know, dump 30 assets and sell my next four years of picks. And like, you can, you can redo it really quickly. I think that's the beauty of the format. So what Austin just said right there, when you guys listen to Canton bound this week, that's why I threw the shots at Austin. I threw the shots at Austin on the Canton bound. Episode. Oh boy. Just you wait, just you wait. It's funny. <laughs> Cause he had no idea that those shots happened. And yet I did not affirm everything that we talked about with hmm. Mike and Adam this week. I can't believe Austin's response to this discussion is I'm not having oh, a problem yeah. in any of my leagues. Like I'm all, he never does. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, he's he's buying the, uh, the 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 right stocks. He's got insider information. He must have. I got a guy on the fifty yard line every week. <laughs> Code breaking. Um. Hey, help! Uh, help! Uh, go ahead and like this video if you haven't already. I want to get this video. I don't know to twenty likes. We can do that. You can help us find more people. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the Campus to Canton YouTube channel. We're trying to get to two thousand subscribers before the end of the season, so we've got like a month left to do it. Do that. Help us get to that goal and chill. Chill out with us on Saturday mornings. I I, I think that that is the most fun that I have creating content with this company is doing the Saturday morning uh, routine. So um, go ahead and catch the tailgate on Saturday mornings. Produced and everything, commercials, music, all of that stuff. Um, do we want to – I mean, you 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 teased it, Austin. Do we want to talk about Michigan sign stealing? I Actually, I mean, so Matthew, let me ask you first because there was a actually a clip circulating on Twitter – of that that I forgot what his name is the coach's the assistant coach's name he was on the sideline at the Michigan Ohio State game yes there we go and uh he had they show him actually talking to the defensive coordinator when CJ Stroud is taking signals there like do you do you care about this I'm sure you're gonna make it a bigger deal than no I really don't I, I I don't really think that that had anything to do with why Michigan beat them the past two years because it wasn't their, it wasn't their, um, it's not like they were stealing the defensive signals as in knowing what to do against the Ohio State defense, which is what lost them the game the last two years. So, no, it doesn't matter to me. I think CJ Stroud played fairly well for the most part last year. And, and honestly, even in that first year against Michigan, I thought he played fine in the quote unquote flu game for a lot of the players. So, no, it's not a, I mean, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, man. Like, I, I don't – I I get why it's a big deal, but, like, I'm not going to be the Ohio State fan that comes out here and says that's why Michigan beat them. No, Michigan beat them because the defense sucked. That's just plain and simple, and the sign ceiling had nothing to do with that. I mean, the defense sucked because they pretty much ran goal line defense yeah. like the entire length of the field. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen before. <laughs> like somebody was pressing the wrong button on Madden. Austin, should we care about this? I I, I don't. I figure that every school is doing some version of this, and you should be changing your signals anyway. I feel like the uh, infraction itself is not, like, really actually the story here. And maybe that's just my perception of this. As somebody who doesn't, like, I mean, I'm a Pitt fan. We don't ever win anything. We don't ever play Michigan. We don't ever, you know, I, I don't really care about any of these schools from, like, a you know, fandom and, and rooting interest perspective. I think the biggest piece of this story and your is that Jim Harbaugh for years 
has preached about how he's not a cheater, how he would never cheat, how his programs would never stoop to those levels, has taken shots at other coaches and other programs directly and indirectly for doing so. And so you're seeing all these other coaches and all these other entities and all these other individuals and all these other programs who have sat there and listened to this for years and listened to him be an ass and are now taking their their opportunity to fire back at him. I think this is 100% what it is. I mean, I think in most circumstances, if you ask James Franklin that question that he got asked earlier this week, Penn State head coach, he gave an actual answer about this issue. I think if this was any other coach, he'd be like, well, I'm just worried about, I'm worried about my team this week. I'm not worried about anybody else. He was like, I'll tell you exactly how this would impact what would happen on a football. Like he gave an actual answer. Now it wasn't like a, I hate Jim Harbaugh, two middle fingers to the sky. But you're seeing all these coaches give like actual answers, even if they're not mentioning what what did I heard name. what uh I heard what Matt uh Rule said, but what did James Franklin say? He he they were like, you know, what and he was like, Oh, like here's exactly what would happen. like here's how this would impact the game. And he explained like how how you know stealing yeah, signs he, would hypothetically affect the game if you if you were doing that. What what he said was um he described it as opponent uh, the opponent being in the perfect defense for what Penn State would believe would be an unbelievable call. And then they would change it on a fourth and one to a heavy personnel group or something like that. Like he went into detail on that. The only coach that I saw, I didn't see what Matt Rule said. The only one that I saw that kind of took a shot was Kirby Smart. Because Ryan Day hasn't said anything negative. And, and Harbaugh's come after Day quite a lot, actually. And Day has completely avoided it or, or not said anything. Kirby Smart was the only one who I saw that made a shot. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, I, I'm, see if I, I have it somewhere. The exact quote was, there's nothing I remember about that Michigan game that makes me think they were stealing signs. So, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a good shot by Kirby. So yeah, I, I don't think, um, I didn't see what Matt rule said though, but I know day hasn't said anything. Um, what Matt rule said was essentially that everyone steals signs but there should be technology in college football. He said they have it in high school football. They have it in the NFL where you can or like commute, you know, communicate electronically. But college is the only place where you can't communicate electronically. So I think there, I, there should be – you should be able to, you know, call the play into a microphone into the quarterback. How much do those helmet. cost, like a, those systems? It can't helmet. be that it, particularly not, expensive. It's not like it's advanced technology. It's a – your yeah. piece in a microphone, like the the issue is more sending a person a scout games in terms of cost because the division one council is who votes on this, and there's like two hundred sixty five ish teams who are voting on you know what exactly the rule should be for the division one, so like FBS and FCS. A lot of FCS can't afford to send dudes to pre-scout games. So this is why it's a rule. I, I understand it, and I, I get it from a competitiveness standpoint. And eventually, we've talked about it on this show and other shows, how there's going to be a different governing body like in a year, two years, who will handle it substantially differently. But I understand why it's a rule and I, I i think michigan has violated said rule the the thing about this whole situation is is like 
they hired a dude who's like a code breaker, a military, a military yeah, code like, breaker. He's a co- yeah. Like I, I, I like I compared him to Turing on the Saturday Show, and then we fast forward a week, and we got this manifesto coming out. This dude's a this dude's a the Unabomber apparently at this point. Like that is that is the read that we're getting from the national wait 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 catch everybody up because what i I didn't know about the manifesto so there are people listening to this who are not who are not going to know either so what are you talking about so so there was a report today um i believe it was sports illustrated who put it out that there's a 500 or 600 page manifesto based on a whole bunch of like data points from previous players about how to run a program and what that would mean. And like, it, like some but, real, but who, who's the author of this manifesto? Is it the spy? Oh or, yeah. It's the who? guy. It's a, it's a, oh, okay. it's, it's uh chase stallion or whatever, whatever his name is. Uh, he wrote this like unhinged, like 500, 600 page manifesto about how he would write. It's called the, I believe it's called the Michigan manifesto about who, how he would run the Michigan program, which is like, deranged to to be totally honest which is why like you see in a lot of like unibomber like when, unibomber when st- comparison when story when like they catch serial killers and you know how they'll come out with like they interview somebody who's like had some interaction with the serial killer like and like whatever their you know like daily job is or whatever and you get like we never had any i i want to hear from people who know this guy about how much of a lunatic he is because he sounds like he's absolutely nuts. He's Ted Kaczynski, man. Right? Like, I just feel like this is not a normal. Like, if you sat down and had a conversation with this guy and you walked away, you'd be like, that guy, there was, like, something, like, slightly weird about him. Like, at minimum. I, and they I just, hired this guy. Yeah, so he, so what's, so he was, so he's former military at the Navy. He worked for the Navy uh, football program. And then walked in one day to the admissions office, I think. I don't want to get like the story totally wrong, but he walked into an office where he can collect data and said, I, I'm with Ken Niamatolo. I do, you got to get me all this data. Got like GPA, SAT score, ACT score for all these Navy players. And then while he was at Navy, was also working part-time at Michigan, which not not sure how that works um yeah this dude is like if you wanted to find a lone wolf i think he might be a lone wolf i i think harbaugh might have had no clue what is going on based on this manifesto and everything that is happening at michigan because this dude is way out there well I mean, I don't know that he's ever going to get the chance to run Michigan's program now. What were you going to say, Austin? I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like there's no way this dude was this wild, and there's no way that Jim Harbaugh is like like there's no way that any any of his employer knew about it. Like no way. Where do they think he was on Saturdays if he's a staffer? That's you just look around. You're like, where's that? Is he a full time staffer though? He's standing on the sideline with the defensive coordinator. He has to be. And that's my thing. Like, everybody's giving, trying to give Jim Harbaugh a pass. I don't know what this dude is. I think Harbaugh's just as crazy as this dude is. I get Harbaugh probably sought this dude out and hired him because of the way that he has. By by the way, I I at least want to applaud Michigan for hiring a code breaker from the Navy. Like, come on. That is awesome. 
Like, why haven't why hasn't the SEC done this? The like other teams in the Big Ten done this? Like, you, but they should just go straight best. to the the CIA and FBI and like in the in the Mossad. Like, they should just oh, go straight to if, them. And if, try to hire. I mean, yeah. If you're Alabama, why are you not hiring dudes directly out of the CIA to decode or the KGB LSU or whatever Georgia signals? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, that's enough of sign stealing. Matthew, who's going to win what, the Heisman? What, what do we think he oh, does real ahead. quick? What, what do we think the ending punishment is? I want to hear. I just want to hear everyone get like on the record a prediction of for what who? they think the, for the, the for the, Mr. Coach the punishment or, or the yes. punishment. Yes. I think to he the gets Michigan a year suspension. The Michigan program probably loses a couple of scholarships that aren't going to matter ultimately. And I don't know. I don't think they'll get a postseason bowl ban. No, maybe they vacate wins. Does that really matter? No, like I don't. I don't think it'll be anything major. I think he probably gets a couple season ban. He'll be he'll be back. It's just sign stealing. I don't think it's that big a deal personally. I I think it's evolving into a bigger deal over the last few days than like a simple infraction. I don't know what the punishment will be long term, but I think it'll be more than we think it will be. Um, it seems like a very high-end coordinated effort across the Michigan program. Um, it, it should be. It should yeah. be. You you should be trying to win games. Every no, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Is doing but some it, level of this. It's oh yeah. The the biggest crime that Michigan perpetrated is that they didn't use burner phones and use yeah. their real names. Like that's the biggest issue. Like I'm sure Alabama's doing this. I'm sure Ohio State is doing this. I'm sure all the top 10, 15 programs in the country are doing this, if not more. But I I think Michigan will be punished more than I think we've seen for this infraction. I don't think it's going to be some sort of postseason ban, but it will be, it, it, it will be significant. I, in my opinion, I'm trying to remember some of our, our, our signals at grand Valley thumbs up, hot for protection, hot, cold, um, thumbs down for cold flag is uh like we are waving a flag is the smash concept. So, you know, somebody runs to the corner, some uh, inside player runs a, a, uh, a corner route choice. I've talked about choice. What are the other ones? I couldn't think, but when I think about it, I mean, they're, they're like, if I saw a quarterback do this to one side of the field, I would assume that that's, I mean, flag is a known to be, the the smash concept and dig and dig yes <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw this meme of the guy whispering to George Bush <laughs> it said sir they're using the dig the dig signal to mean they're running a dig because that is actually I'm pretty sure that we actually did that too the dig signal so uh, like that's a great meme someone. by the way of the guy whispering in George Bush's ear that every time a second plane is hit the Twin, ta- twin towers is the context, yes. but yeah. the meme is the meme is fantastic. Yeah. Man, I could really uh, screw with your life, Chris, by just putting that little bit on Twitter <laughs> with you laughing. At the, twin the, the, the second play in the twin towers is fantastic. <laughs> Chris hates America more than anybody I've ever <laughs> met. Um, you say you say uh, that, but that's probably actually true. Um, anyway, to be, get back on track. All right, Matthew, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? <sighs> I said it earlier this year. I'm going to stick with it, Marvin Harrison Jr. 
I think it's going to come down to probably him and Penix. I, I don't, I don't think JJ. McC- well, I guess if Michigan beats Ohio State, he probably has a good chance. But I, I think right now, probably the front runners, Michael Penix. I don't know who else really deserves to be in there. Marvin Harrison's had four good games. I think he's only had one game under a hundred yards. He's going to continue to get targeted heavily by Kyle McCord. They don't play anybody difficult until they get to Michigan. And, and they has, they could not move in that Penn State game unless they threw it the was ball going to, in. To yeah, Marvin it was Harrison's against a, yeah. a, a so going into that game. Penn State was the number one defense in the entire nation about, uh, against passing. They only allowed a hundred and twenty yards a game against opposing offenses, Marvin Harrison Jr. put up 162 on them himself. Like, I think that he is going to be in the front. I actually think Washington is going to end up losing a game, possibly even two. I know that offense has been really good, but I I don't think that they're this high-flying offense that they were earlier in the year. I think USC has a chance to beat them. That Utah defense, I could slow them down. And if that happens, Penix is not going to be the Heisman front runner anymore. So then it comes down to J.J. McCarthy and Marvin Harrison Jr. I think whoever wins the game, if that happens with Penix, then it's going to go to them. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. could have the game-breaking play like he did against Penn State. And he had a couple uh, good uh, plays uh, in the Notre Dame game as well. I think that he ends up doing that in the game, winning Ohio State the game, and he ends up getting the Heisman. Uh, Austin, who you got? Who you got winning it? By the way, I just want to do, do co-sign on something Austin. I mean, Matt said like the there are so many games left in the Pac-12 that I want to see. I want to see that Utah and uh, I want to see that Utah and Washington game. I want to see that. Uh, Washington and USC game. I want to see those two, uh, those those play out here at the end of the season. I don't know that there is a game like in, in the Big Ten. Yeah, I want to say I want to see Michigan and Penn State. I want to see Michigan and Ohio State. But I don't know that there's another game that I'm really excited about. I want to see the big. I want to see if it's it, who's coming out of the Big Ten. What West is it? Wisconsin is it? Iowa. I want to see how they stack up in the Big Ten championship game. So that's something I'm interested in. And in, in the SEC, I can't really think of a game like Georgia plays uh, Florida this week and I, I don't know i can't think of a game in the sec that i'm like really really looking forward to by the way conference usa thank you for putting on these two monday tuesday and wednesday night games I, i'm i've been loving it oh it's it's so good that conference usa yeah. is delivering for us before maction by the way like maction usually takes place a little bit later so we're getting conference we're, usa yeah. in october it's awesome chris it's your talk and tell us who's gonna win the heisman uh i think jj mccarthy and I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the player himself, but I think Michigan is going to go undefeated. And I think the rushing game has really taken a significant step back. Donovan Edwards has not been himself. And I think Blake Corham is still suffering from uh, the effects of his injury. I like JJ McCarthy for, for Heisman. I think that ticket makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I think Michigan is a, I don't want to say substantially because that that'll get me in trouble, but I Michigan is a better team today than Ohio state is. They have the edge in a lot of categories and I, I'm not sure that Ohio state can necessarily hang with them the same way that um, they, if Ohio state plays how they played against Penn state, Michigan will boat race them. Like Ohio state really needs to make adjustments and, and, and play a lot better, but so JJ McCarthy, high end guy. I think he's number two in the the voting right now. But I'll give you one more, and I won't go too in depth. And I I, I think the other one is Carson Beck because I think Georgia wins out, and 
Beck, especially without Bowers, I mean, you can you can look to him in a rushing game that is like kind of like so so. Uh, yeah, they've kind of they've my, really they've really been relying on Carson Beck. It, it, the offense doesn't. I, I don't have the objective numbers to substantiate this. I feel like the offense was um, more explosive last year, but it was for some reason it's it yeah, was. But but they're way more reliant on Carson Beck this year. If they went out, I think he'll be in New York. Michael Penix Jr., JJ McCarthy, and um, and uh, Mar- and Marvin Harrison Jr. Did I say that already? Those, those four, I think, are going to be there. If, if there is four that get to New York, I think that it's going to be those four. Austin, who you, who do you got? If I had to vote today, I would vote for Jaden uh, Daniels. I think he's been like just blatantly the most important player in the country at the most important position facing what has not been a particularly easy schedule. Um, so if I had to vote today, but I think LSU loses at least one more game. And so that's going to, uh, push him out of the running, I think. Um, so I, I think it's going to come down to like, I, I, I don't think McCarthy's resume is like significantly better than Beck's right now. I, I think wow. the, I'm a little confused as to why I think, I think it's just more of a, uh, Georgia fatigue thing amongst the me- the media at large. And I have, I guess, apparently another I mean, hot, I mean, Michigan here. still has to play both Penn State and Ohio State. Like that he, like that's the argument for McCarthy, which is he elevates his stock. It'll be two top ten matchups, which he'll have, which I yeah. don't think Beck will have. The only thing McCarthy has over Beck is touchdowns. He's eighteen to twelve. Beck has more yards, better completion percentage. I, I mean I I and I'll be very curious to see what McCarthy does again Penn, against Penn State and Ohio State. They're two of the better defenses in the nation right now, and they have not played a good defense. Well, well here's a hot take for you guys. I think Ohio State's a better team than Michigan. That game this past Thank weekend was, ne- was, I didn't want to, was never even in doubt against Penn State. They just toyed with Penn State that entire game. Who has Michigan played at all this year that you – like they've just played crap – schedule the whole time i think ohio state i'm not gonna say they're gonna sit here and toy with michigan like they just did with penn state that's a better team today than michigan is today if that fumble recovery is called the other way that game goes i, I don't goes i don't think we know that ohio state i don't know that we know i don't think it's i think they're I mean, closer close. than chris made it sound I don't think Michigan's boat racing him again. They boat raced him two years in a row because of how bad that defense was. Ohio State has an elite defense right now. The question will be the offense. Can is, that offense put points up against that defense? Michigan's is the not game in Columbus racing. or it's is it Columbus. in Ann Arbor? No, it's in the big house. It's in the big house. I'm almost positive. Okay, so what do you make that spread? Because I make it probably two and a half, three. That's what I was going to say. Probably three. But I think you said so, that they were going to boat race them. I don't think they. I don't think there's any way that they're that Michigan boat races Ohio State. I think you're looking at a very close game, regardless of what happens. Man, I so just two two years ago it was game. David and Jabo and Aiden Hutchinson who dominated that Michigan game. Last year was Donovan Edwards. I don't. I mean, are we going to expect the JJ McCarthy to have the game of his life or Blake Quorum to have it? I, I think that game is shaping up, in my opinion, to be like a twenty to seventeen type game or 14 17 somewhere in there i don't think that either off i i I think it's going to be very similar to that penn state game it's going to be low scoring it's going to be conservative play calling that sort of thing i think we'll get our answer in two weeks when michigan plays penn state what that because i think penn state's defense is pretty equal to ohio state's 
So what McCarthy does against them, I think, will give us a pretty good indicator of what that game could look like Thanksgiving weekend. I actually, I actually think Ohio State's defense is better than Penn State. So if Michigan struggles, we might, we we might see how to beat Michigan. Um, it'll be, it'll be. I mean, it's such an interesting battle for the Big Ten East with with those three teams. Um, I think Penn State is certainly behind the two, but Michigan and Ohio State is going to be a well, one of the best matchups of the year, as it always is. What's actually interesting about that is if Penn State beats Michigan and Michigan beats Ohio State, Penn State actually has the tiebreakers and they're going to the Big Ten Championship. Oh, so wow. then they and would have the can't wait for them to, to play to, Iowa to, to go into possibly the. We playoffs. already saw that game. <laughs> Didn't we already watch Penn State Iowa? Did I? No, it was, it was like forty-one ten or something. I don't. I don't remember. Oh, Iowa. Did sure I was something like that. Um, <laughs> I was quite ten. I don't have this on the show sheet, but I do want to talk about it. Matt, any thoughts about Quinn Ewers being out for, you know, at least this week, maybe next week, and Malik Murphy starting? No, I mean, I I still think even if Murphy goes out, I I think it's a great chance for him to showcase what he is because we we really don't know. We've seen a little bit of spring game stuff. He was obviously injured a lot last year. We talked about this, was it two weeks ago? I, you know, I, I said on this show, and then you wanted to steal my take that I hope he ends up at Washington next year because they'll be looking for a transfer quarterback. I still think he's I think he's gone. I, I still think Quinn's coming back. I'd be very surprised if he goes to the NFL, and I think Sark will keep him on the team. So I think Murphy is auditioning for I think he'll have his pick of schools if he plays as well as as some people think he can. I, I think he'll be able to pick wherever he wants to go for his next destination. Definitely not Pitt, Colin. Austin, what was what was your if you remember what was your scouting report on Malik Murphy coming out? If you remember it, yeah, all the services were calling him a dual threat, but he's actually like really not a very good runner at all. Um, he's not a he's like, not a dual quite threat. frankly, and he wasn't accurate at all in high school. So it was just hard when you sat that you're like, unless this dude just does some major developing, like I see the cannon, but like there's really nothing else here foundationally that I would be excited about i actually think he's a sell right now if you have him because i think people are just assuming that this is going to be his big break and i think it's equally likely if not slightly more likely that he doesn't play very well the offense is just not tailored to him and i don't think you could turn that over in a week or two i mean i think quinn's out for like four weeks three three or four weeks so i mean can you really turn the offense over to that extent I think I, Sark I said something today about know. seeing Arch a little bit over the next couple of games too, which leads me to believe if that's true, that there might not be that much faith in Murphy. If that if they're because I mean Arch did he, not look great last time we saw him. I, Neither did Murphy. In fairness, but Murphy, I wonder if Murphy that's... played. Yeah, no, go go, Matt. I was gonna say I wonder if that's coach speak because Ryan Day said the same thing about seeing Lincoln Kineholds possibly. That's why I said if it's true. is the two. I, I think that's true. a little bit of coach speak. I could see it happening because Texas is scared. They have no one on the schedule, in my opinion. I mean, BYU is the only good team. BYU, Kansas State, BYU, Iowa State. Kansas, I wouldn't be surprised Kansas if we State's do the only see game they can Arch. lose. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see Arch if Murphy puts up enough points and they just throw him out there to get him some playing time. I. I think they'll look to preserve Arch's redshirt. I think that's always been the the goal or the plan from Texas. But, I mean, I think Quinn's out for three or four weeks, and I, I think you're going to see Malik Murphy, who I, I, I believe is a very talented player, but I'm not necessarily sure that this offense is built to his strengths. And that 
concerns me a little bit because I, I, I think Malik Murphy can succeed as a starting quarterback at, at the power five level too. I want to preface it with that, but I don't know necessarily that he's, I don't know. I, I just worry that he's set up for failure and I, I hate that because his spring game was awesome. And I think he's such a good player, like a really unique player that can succeed. So I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what happens. I just don't necessarily know that Texas is going to help any quarterback out. I, I want it on the record that I disagree with Austin here, but I also, I think I, I think by now I really have a type at the quarterback position. Like if you are, if you are a, you know, 57% completion percentage passer, but you throw the ball downfield, I'm going to like you with the hope that you develop the ability to be more consistent in the intermediate and short game and get your um, your completion percentage up. Malik Murphy is like a right-handed Michael Penix Jr. That's that's what he is. Like he is a player with a a really strong arm, should be a, aggressive uh, an aggressive downfield mentality. We might see in this game against BYU where he completes, you know, 60% of his passes or 59% of his passes, but he has two touchdowns for 70 and 80 yards. The difference between him and Quinn Ewers is where Quinn Ewers struggled with that vertical game and hitting, you know, uh, uh, Xavier Worthy and, and Adana J. Mitchell, that should be the strength of, of uh, Malik Murphy's game if he is protected. Now, again, it's funny. Both Quinn Ewers and, and Malik Murphy didn't start as much high school football as you want to. Malik Murphy didn't start until he was a junior. Then, or excuse, yeah, he didn't start until he was a junior. And then that junior season was shortened by COVID. Then he played. He started his senior year. Quint Ewers started as a started as a sophomore. His junior season, he was injured. His senior season was technically at Ohio State. So um, it'll be interesting to see what development Malik Murphy has done. You know, sitting what two years now in Sark's system. I Sark had success with. Tua Tonga Vialoa with Mac Jones. I don't think he's any less talented than Mac Jones. I don't think he's no, any less but I talented think than Mac Jones. What Chris was talking about, I think yeah. Mac Jones kind of fits that what, what Sark wants a little he, more. He than fits. I think Murphy Tua is a little too. more grip it and rip it. I think yeah. Tua, Mac, and Quinn, all and Casey Thompson all fit what that archetype of quarterback is that Malik Murphy does not. I think he fits your boy Michael Penix, which is why I keep saying I hope he goes to Washington. I think that's where he would thrive. No, that's what I said. I said he hope, that's he, right. I yeah, hope yeah, he goes yeah, to Washington. Yeah. I'm the one who said that. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's a tough situation that Murphy's being thrown into. I, I have to start Malik Murphy in one league because I don't have another. I traded away Michael Phoenix Jr. in this league. I mean, so they're 18 point like, favorites against a terrible BYU team. So I, I don't think you're off there. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Uh, I mean, there's a, I think there's a legitimate chance that while. Quinn is out with this schedule that they have that they that you just see Brooks and Baxter kind of actually get more involved because I'm I'm doubtful they want to give Brooks 35 carries a game you know I think you know if they, they bring somebody else into the mix a little more and kind of switch it up to a little more game control that that wouldn't surprise me either and they just they, don't give Murphy a lot of chances that to, that does not seem like Sark's mentality they for, did that last year though after those games where he let Quinn throw the ball 60 times and they were still having a chance, I think it was before they lost that Texas Tech game, they were doing that. That's when Bijan had like the 30, 40 carries oh. and Quinn wasn't throwing the ball. So I would not be surprised if they don't do that. 
if that's the case and you bring, you know, the safeties up to stop Jonathan Brooks. By the way, Jonathan Brooks, second round draft or day two draft pick. Could see it. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, you got a lot of equity in that pick because Jonathan Brooks was in a lot of uh, waivers uh, wires last year coming in and taking him like the 15th round because C.J. Baxter was there. C.J. Baxter went in like the 105 and Jonathan Brooks may have not been drafted in your league. Anyway, Baxter's been good. Um, Baxter's been good too. Yeah. yeah when he's but if, if they're going to, you know, run the ball and you got safeties coming down to stop the run, I want to see Jonte Cook. I want to see Xavier Worthy. They're going to be running uh, past uh, secondaries um, uh, if that's going to be the case with the play-action game. Um, all right, Mox, who's going to be the first non-freshman taken in supplemental drafts next year? So this is such an interesting question because I I don't think that we can know the answer this far out. Um, but I, I will try to give you an answer. How about that? No, deal. I'm going to guess Connor Harrell, the UNC quarterback who is going to step up in the absence of Drake may. Um, I think that he wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. And I think that consensus wise, he's stepping into an offense that, you know, traditionally has produced. I am not sure what Chip Lindsay is totally about quite yet, but I think Drake May has been given a lot of liberties. So I wonder if Connor Harrell is going to be given the same. Um, but honestly, I I don't think we'll know for another three or four months, especially with guys transferring up from the FCS. I mean, there's a lot of players who I think will uh, make that leap who have been substantially outperforming their uh, situations, especially. So that's so, my best I mean, guess. Last year, like Devontae Walker and um, Squirrel White were like, especially after the bowl games, they stood out. Maybe maybe that's when we're going to find out is after the bowls is like, okay, yeah. this is a player that, that you know, um, just kind of, had a yeah, really Tez, big performance. Tez, Tez Walker was a good a good one because he had the athleticism to yeah. play at a power five level and he had the production to back it up. And, as then, well. and then he transferred to to play at at UNC, so he was like out there on the waiver wire in a lot of places. Uh, I, Connor Harrell is good. I don't think he's going to be Connor Harrell, but that is not an answer that I thought of like at all. That's a good, a different one. This is this is a tough, really tough question as far out as we are, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine it's going to be a quarterback. Typically those are the guys that go, but I, I just went for some guys that aren't, um, well, maybe they are rostered a lot more than I thought they were. Now that I say that, um, I was pulling up one of my leagues to try and go over these players. Uh, go ahead, Austin. Cause now I just lost my spot and I have to go back. Let me, let player. me tell you a story about Matthew yesterday. Matthew, we we recorded with uh with Mike and Adam, um uh, the three the the forty chess guys who do Canton Bound now. Uh, yesterday, Matthew asked in the chat, "Hey, do we have a do we have a show sheet or anything like that?" I'm like, Matthew, why are you asking for a show sheet? You're not going to prepare anyway. I don't understand why you are just trying to act like you're going to be professional about this and come ready with notes and stuff. Look at it. Technically, Austin. that is untrue. When I go and guest on other people's shows, I come very prepared. You can ask your boy Colin Decker. Every time he asks me to jump on a show with him, I'm very prepared. I just don't come prepared for this show. 
did we get a show sheet for the show? Yeah, like 20 yeah. minutes before the show started. No, then, I told you guys Felix what we said, were talking about earlier this week. Not not only was it 20 minutes before the show started, but then Felix even hit us with a, hey, if you guys have any other topics you want to add in here so we can talk more tonight, go ahead and throw them in there 20 minutes before the show. I, I tell you guys what we're going to talk about as Saturday is rolling on. I text the group. I say, this would, this is what we got to talk that, about. Anyway. The, yeah, this is, this is a peel back the curtain moment, but I, you, you texted a bunch of stuff and I didn't reply. You were like, does anyone want to talk about anything else? So it, I get it. Exactly. I and nobody responds. I've started to assume that I'm going to do the show by myself. And so I'm just like, all right, let me figure out what it is that I want to talk about because nobody uh, nobody has responded. Colin as Omega Blake. I have no idea who that is. I have no uh, idea who Omega Blake is. South Carolina player. I got to look it up. I'm going to add him to the list then. Omega Blake. Austin, who do you got? I have three. And they're all running backs. Dallin Hayden, who is 19% rostered. That's probably 50-50 on whether he's rostered in your league or not. But if he's not... I have to imagine that he's picked pretty early, especially because I think I think there's a decent chance at least two of the three backs that play in front of him are gone. Uh, I think Lawrence Toafili has a decent chance. If he is the next guy at Florida State, as I imagine he might be, um, has been significantly better than Trey Benson this year on a per-touch basis. Um, so I think he would be interesting as both kind of, you know, a major program, CFF play, you know, you, you can some bank on those guys sometimes getting better draft capital than we think. And then when Raheem Sanders leaves Arkansas for somebody else to recoup his draft stock, whoever takes his job, whether it's AJ Green or Rashad Dabinian. Or Isaiah Agustave, right? You I don't put think Isaiah he's Agustave better than there? either of those guys, but I mean, that's a good shout too. And you know, there's an outside chance he could get the job. I would wager Agustave was probably drafted and is still held in your league right now. I doubt somebody's dropped him yet. So I think that would also lessen his chances of being an, an early pick in C2C. I, I think that there's a chance that AJ Green declares for the draft this year. Like I, sure, he's I, I don't know that he's going to improve his stock that much. And he profiles as like, I don't know, like a, some sort of gadget type, speed guy that you use on third down i i really like aj aj green is one of those guys who has like a 10 300 meter dash i think something like that under under his belt like he has a really super fast uh 100 meter dash time so um i think my guy my guys that i would include here are all guys that i've already talked about kevin concepcion arliss boardingham brady cook i would throw in there um Do you i guess think i'm brady, not prepared either brady cook has any nfl upside because i don't i don't know I don't know. I don't know right now. I don't know. I need to look at him from that perspective. I had not before. Eight Missouri has certainly played above expectation, but hmm. Brady Cook does not strike me as someone who is an NFL player. But I, I mean, I, I'm open to other opinions. But that's just fine. Who was who was the baseball player? Was it Cook or was it Sam Horn? Sam Horn. Sam Horn. Horn. Well. Is he still playing baseball or not anymore? No, he got injured playing baseball, but he he's not playing, playing football shit. either. <laughs> oh, he's not oh, playing anything? Is. They can't do enough, no. though. Hmm, okay. Matthew, are you ready now? No, ready because most of the, the guys that I wrote down are both rostered a lot more than I thought they were. It was uh, Who who was it? Mitchell yeah. from Hawaii, and then uh, is it Macklin from North Texas? The, I looked in, so I looked at the Macklin. program league because it's it's usually very good about picking players up, and they're both available but I didn't realize they're both like 70 to 90% roster. 
And uh, the is it McBride? I think the wide receiver for Hawaii. He still technically has one more year left, and he's been by far their best wide receiver. It looks like so. I I actually don't hate your Jamari Macklin call because I think that in leagues where there's limited waivers, he is not a priority ad. It doesn't look like I've looked in a bunch of mine, and he's available in almost all the leagues that I'm in. Yeah, and, but it, it shows that he's seventy percent rostered on fan track, so that's why I I didn't want to to bring him up. But he's a top. Yeah, Jay Macklin for North Texas. He is a top twenty wide receiver in scoring right now. He's only yeah, a sophomore. But is 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 the is the player the first non freshman taken in supplemental drafts next year? Is I think it's going to be, be a, a CFF guy. Is it going to be a CFF guy? No, it'll be it'll be. A, a I don't. Why are you talking about somebody from North Texas? I'm like, I don't think. I mean, maybe I'm going to be wrong here. I don't know who that guy is that's coming up from the G5. Though. We don't have the Devontae Walkers, in my opinion, right now coming up. So I don't know who that guy's going to be. I do, as I said before, I lost the track of my players there. I think it's going to be a quarterback. I just don't know who. I, 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 it's a weird year in college. I really don't think there's a guy transferring up from the G5 that's that's a smash like Cam it, Ward, Devontae really Walker yeah. right now that we're right. like, oh, yeah, you got to have that guy. I think. And this is bad to say because we at least talked, me and Felix talked about it on Cantbound, um, you know, spoiler alert. We don't think that this freshman class is that good either. So I don't know how these supplemental drafts are going to look next year. Like, it's very good at wide receiver. We have a lot of questions about the running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends look okay. So, like, I don't know who that non-freshman is going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a wide receiver. Just grab a guy who's scoring points. It's such a weird, like – Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. And I'm like, I have no idea who is going to develop into like these NFL guys that you covet because everybody sucks. We we don't know who the next Devontae Walker, Cam Ward, uh, Kanata Mumfield, like these guys are going to make a jump either in competition or, you know, I have no, I have no, I, I have no idea right now. That's why I like the off season is because you can kind of like, there's so much information that's coming in right now. It's hard to consume all of it. Like I didn't even know North Texas had some dude that was balling right now. I did not know that. Who's the coach at North Texas? Is it uh? Is it Eric Morris? It is. Eric Morris went from from Washington State to Tech. Well, at least I remember and that. Jamar Macklin is the cousin of Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Anything else? All right, we're gonna take what's what's Jordan James' roster ship on Fantrax? Oh, that's a good one. I think Bucky any of those Irvin like backup running backs at p- larger programs, if the guy in front of them leaves, I think is just like a slam dunk. Forty percent right now, currently. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a that's good still, one. Jordan you know, James. Yeah, though. I still think yeah, they go get one. a transfer back, but yeah, that's a good. I probably do too. Yeah. No, that's kind of you do. Who? Who who who? Oh, who Sanders, like- Donovan Andrew. Edwards. Like I think both those guys could leave. I still I like Donovan Edwards more to USC because of receiving ability. But I, I think either one of those guys. I don't know that if Sanders does go to the NFL, which I don't think he will. I think Austin, you said I was listening to Campus Life today that he needs to get out of Arkansas, and I agree. Like he needs to go. Those teams will be looking for it. They've done the same thing. Not even at uh, Georgia. They at Oregon. They bring in those transfer running backs. Like I, I think that they'll bring somebody in. I like the George James call. That makes a lot of sense because he's already involved in the offense now. He's, he would, barring some transfer of a prolific player, player like that, he's going to take a step up. But, but who's going to be the quarterback at Oregon next year? Is it, is it Austin Novosad? 
Or is it Ty if, Thompson? If they don't go get a quarterback, I think they could get a quarterback in the transfer portal. Right. It would be Portal or, or Novasat, I think, will be the, the two options. Okay, if it's Oregon, we the, the Portal quarterback will be one of Malik Murphy, Devin Brown, Ty Simpson. Um, those, I mean, those are the guys. This is, Dante I, I, Moore. I think everybody's going to want a transfer. Dante, Dante Moore is. Like, there's Moore's a lot of. Yeah. Think of all the big. Dante Moore is going to the transfer next year. Oregon, Washington, Alabama. Um, I wouldn't rule out Ohio State. I mean, there, there's a ton of Miami. There's a ton of big Michigan? schools that Michigan might be. Yeah, while they kind of bridge to the next guy there. I mean, if Clemson's not happy with Klubnik, could they be looking for? They don't touch the portal. Never mind. That was stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's the one that team dumb. that won't do it. That was no dumb. My what. bad. Cade might bad. jump in the portal, but Davo ain't doing nothing. I mean, we've talked about this. You know, what if USC? I mean, I don't. I, Lincoln Riley might not even be at USC next year, but that's a different. Like, they might be in the market for a guy. Like, I, I think there's a lot of big schools that are going to be filling shoes at quarterback that there's just not going to be enough guys to go around yeah uh omega blake is not even in my um not even in our player pool to rank so that's uh an interesting you're, not, you're not missing out i i promise yes colin <laughs> no. i said this weeks ago i think julian saying starting quarterback for alabama next year it is you my know? pet peeve when you answer questions without Sorry, stating Col- what the question is colin kelly in the comments said, "Does Julian say is Julian Saint starting as a true freshman next year? He's committed to Alabama. Yes, I think he will be. I said that a couple of weeks ago on the show. I think he will start for Alabama next year. I don't think they get a transfer quarterback. I think he's good enough to start today for them if he wanted to. I think they go back for Riley Leonard and try again. I wouldn't be surprised. I actually think he would be a good fit in Oregon personally, but I I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves too. There there's going to be a lot of move. I could see there being a lot of movement." This off season, when does the ch- players do players players start an- entering it's the transfer right portal after the, the last? Games. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was January fifteenth. Is it December fifteenth? I think January fifteenth is the closing date. Yeah, January we, we start hearing date. about yeah. transfer portal is right after like the regular. I'm almost season. positive it's right after. It's actually I'm almost positive it opens up right around the same time that the early signing day window is because right. I remember last year right. I did a transfer portal show I think with you, Chris like in the middle kind of of like signing day period. So, or maybe it was Alfred. I think it was with Alfred actually. So yeah, it's sometime in December. I think it's before the championship games, but before or after championship games for bowl games kickoff. If they well, shorten I mean, that window we'll, too, right? Yeah. Sure. It's only a couple of weeks. It's only like three or four weeks. It's like a month. That's it. Is it? It's 30 days, right? Uh, that might be right. Yeah, that actually. I, might be I right. could see days. us getting like big names pouring into at, like all the players that we've mentioned to, tonight. I could see all of them pour. Even somebody like Dallin Hayden, if he doesn't think he's going to get the job next year or something like that, like I could see a lot of players entering the transfer portal, like a big name guys entering the transfer portal. Well, the crazy thing weeks. about Hayden is he won't probably know what Henderson's going to do. I mean, Mayan's probably gone no matter what. He won't know at that point what Henderson's doing for the most part if they're in the playoffs. And if they win a game and are going, he'll have very little time to declare. So I think the transfer portal closes like a day after the national championship. Does Mayan Williams get drafted? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Is Chip Traneum better than Mayan Williams? 
Yes. I mean, the he's more athletic. He's more, so he's more he athletic. More snaps than him. Whatever. What position does Trip train? Is he a full-time running back now? He's not a he linebacker anymore. He was since I mean, like the dude, last three games. Left. John Kerry just flip-flopping all over the place as to what position he wants to be. People aren't even holding pretty, up to Pretty crazy that he's be. better than mine it in his second best position, huh? That's 45 days. December 5th, it opens up and it closes on January 18th. December 5th. Which is, which is a couple of days after the national championship game. And then there's and we'll, a we'll get, we'll, period is in spring. So they have 45 days this the, in the winter. Chip, we will get Chip train them. January, December 5th that, that players are entering. I was going to say Chip, Chip train them being as good as he is, you know, uh, if we're going to keep up the political references, uh, I mean, secretary of defense is, is quite up in his, uh, in his range, especially when we talk about John Kerry. Did John did John Kerry ended up being a Secretary of State, right? I thought he did. I think didn't John Kerry um, serve as Secretary, Secretary of State, State? Under, some, under somebody? We're, we're in we're an after show mode. We're right we're, without, after, we're totally an after show. Out the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll yeah we'll stick around for an after show here. Matthew, do I'll not say. do not press end stream. I won't because I'm going to be leaving the stream, so that's going to be say. up to you to, to do. Everything. We're going to be talking about world events here, so we're going to get Austin's opinion <laughs> on everything going on in the world. I got um, that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon for Austin Nace, Chris Moxley, and Matt Bruni. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Matthew had so much energy for uh, Canton. It, I don't understand. Is it the time that we record? Because he was smiling. No. He, he wasn't prepared, but he was smiling. He had energy yesterday. And then we get on the show here today. I like Mike and Adam. He, won't e he can't even... He looks like he wants to be somewhere else. What are you talking about? Why? Because I keep looking to the side. I'm doing two screens. So my camera It's here, your facial expressions and your body language. I'm like, I told you. Crazy. I brought this up on Canton Bound. So another spoiler alert. It's because I am pegged into being the Ohio State homer on this show. And I have to play that role. I don't have you to have do that. You Ohio State show. jerseys behind you. So because I'm a fan of Justin Fields and Garrett Wilson. I'm playing the role. I'm pegged into being the homer as I have to be. most of the time, I'm actually negative or speak honestly about the team. And then you guys, oh, that's such a homer. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I can't. If I say negative things, I'm a homer. If I say positive things, I'm a homer. Like, I'm always a homer. Me, me when our basketball team reaches the Final Four. The South Carolina, the South Carolina, Williams Bryce on, I, I don't know what game that is. But, but Chris, did, uh, your, did your wife, did your wife do your, your background Chris. for you? No, I did it. Oh, you did it? Oh. Chris, can you speak objectively about South Carolina? Yeah, I hate fucking yeah. hate South Carolina. Okay, I feel like I do that most of the time against Ohio State, but I'm always called so over. Wait, I got a one-star review on our podcast network about how... About it's you painful yelling. to listen to me talk about, you. about Ohio State. About you. I think it's more player bias than it is team bias. It's two players, Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers. One of them doesn't even play at Ohio State. Uh, well, But how are you using your Ohio State fandom to explain why you have no energy for because our I show always when have to starts. play that role on this show, and I'm just not interested that in make, doing that. Your and when I go on Mike and Adam's show, I just get to be me. Okay, it's fine. Which is an Ohio State? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> is that yeah, a, is that jersey up in, a name on it, Matt, or is it just no? Like it's, a, it's just like a practice nice. warm up jersey. We, we I should, loved. We should at some point talk about the items behind us. 
I, oh, I mean, I'm the only one with items behind You're us. the only one who had. Yeah. You have a very professional setup, Chris. Go ahead, Austin. Tell us about your background there. I'm <laughs> well, curious to hear I, I, why I, you chose that wall. I always think to the morning <laughs> the morning show on Saturday where, like, Nick has a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. Nick's uh, setup's pretty good, yeah. too. So, yeah, like, Nick. Yeah, he does. He has a bunch of smart stuff, like Dartmouth uh, yeah. uh, flags behind him. So I have this, which is Shrek, uh, which is Shrek uh, as buddha um if we're trying to get canceled um acuna ronald acuna baseball card which is like uh the monster series and then this uh watercolor my wife did and then you know i have spuds mckenzie here signing declaration of independence i have south carolina when they won the Went, went to the final four and then this is south carolina just like a portrait of williams bryce on a saturday what what don't you have behind you that you would like to have if you could add something that's that's a good question actually um i'd like to so like i'm a big hockey fan uh you know i don't get to talk about it really and i never shows but like i am like of all of my teams, I'm probably the hardest rooting of my hockey fandom. So I'd like to have ho- something hockey up here. Like uh, I'm a Devils fan, and and so you know I I have plenty of stuff like that I haven't hung and and whatnot. Like I had a Christmas sweater that is the Devils, but uh, I haven't I haven't put anything up. I mean, they're they're I, my most rooted fourteen, probably. I I mean, I only have the Campus to Canton logo behind me, but I think if I had a studio that I was setting up, and I actually might this time next year, maybe I will. Um, I would have a Herman Moore jersey behind me, Detroit Lions, Ring of Honor player Herman Moore. Um, I would have. By the way, Mister Moore would love to have you on the show. Respond to my DMs, please. You're my childhood hero. <laughs> have you have you um, DM'd him already? Yeah, yeah, I did. I would, like no a long response. time ago. I would also no like to add. You actually, oh. you have a jersey that you could put up there, but the player just sucks, so it, it makes sense <laughs> why you don't have it up there. He's in our Ooh. intro, though. He's everybody's, everybody's. Uh, what, is G Scott in the intro also? Did you say yeah. something about G. Scott? I say G. Scott, but he's not really. We, and then it's a Justin Fields. Oh call. my goodness! Which is still one of the best calls ever. So bad. It's the only per, per, some person who got something right was Austin in that. We yeah. Well, that's only because Gam Gam gave him the uh, the inside track on Bijan. Yeah. Bijan. For the record, Austin. Colin Kelly says in the comments is it's your Keon Graves equals Braxton Miller bias. I don't think I ever said Keon Graves was Braxton Miller, and I was not the only one who liked Keon Graves either. Just pointing that out. Yeah, you were. He he needs to transfer. He needs to go to Arizona. Arizona. Would I would love for him to go to Arizona. Arizona. I I'd actually love him to go that to Arizona be a State personally, but yeah, I think he should go back out out west. A player. He's from that... Arizona, right? He's from Arizona, uh, I think. I mean, he's from Arizona. Is he? Yeah, from, he is. I thought he did. He didn't go to Bishop Gorman, did he? Mm-mm. No, no. He went. He went to school in Arizona. Who's the wide receiver who went to Bishop Gorman? Uh, uh, Zachariah Branch. Branch. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. A, yeah. There you go. Um, 
So what we didn't talk about tonight, I think is a pretty interesting discussion is how, how we're going to handle uh, Nick Harbert moving forward. What do you mean? Tanking him. I mean, I think it's pretty interesting how he's been involved and he's looked good. Like, I, I mean, I, He's looked like Frankenstein. I mean, he looks like Frankenstein. Is like, listen, I went to South Carolina. I like South, like, I love South Carolina football. I, I have a very strong connection to the university, but. Just so you know, you're, we're about to get a one-star rating on the network about your biased South Carolina talk. It's very, it's, it's annoying and infuriating. I'm I already hate, I already you know. hate. I, I said on Saturday, like I hate, I hate this team. Like I, I am the most critical of anybody towards South Carolina. But Nick Harbor has played a substantial amount of snaps for this yeah, team, and, and I actually don't think he's like yeah. horrible. I think he's no. like pretty okay. I think. I, I mean. As a wide receiver, from from what I've seen, they from what I've seen, he was in the slot, had a one on one matchup. They throw it to him deep. He's six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, I mean, some some kid is not going to be able to just match up with him, and he goes and tracks the ball. Now he looks really clunky when he when he runs. I mean, that's why I say. He looks oh like yeah, I mean he he's he, not a yeah, fluid he, athlete at all. But but he, I mean he's, he needs to play tight end. Uh, at the end of the day, I I really hope he just goes there and decides that like that's the spot for him because that really is the spot for him but he's played like the majority of snaps for two straight weeks and hasn't been horrendous is is what i'll say like, i don't think he's been very good but i don't think he's been so after worst. after this season you lose antoine wells and xavier leggett i'm assuming after this year yeah i i assume i don't know that wells has eligibility but yeah Leggett will definitely go and i assume well will too so i mean nick harbour might step into the wide receiver run role i will they'll probably bring somebody in via the transfer portal too i mean this team is kind of like decimated it's just been mm-hmm. a disaster there's, class there's no like next year when we get to see aiden childs and uh and and lenora sellers it's just going to be so much fun to watch those two. Dude, Linnell, so Lenora fun. Sellers, oh man, he's been... Mm. That, that 60 yard touchdown pass, no, game. not even the spring game. The, oh, the touchdown it, pass that he threw against who, do, whoever, yeah. in stride, in the air, 60 yards in the air, I mean, he, he's he's going to be fun to watch. He needs his contact lenses. going to make me change my pants, man. I mean, wearing God. Childs is a very interesting one for me, too, because I don't think he's going to leave Oregon State. I don't know what happens. With Why would he? I, I'm you not saying I don't offer. think he will. He, he loves Jonathan Smith, and Jonathan mm-hmm. Smith talks about him all the time. I don't I think too, he I, too, love Jonathan, Jonathan Smith. So yeah, I think he's if he wants coach. to give me a scholarship, I'm happy. But I – um, well, no, it's more of like what Jonathan Smith said to him in the recruiting process. I've talked to him a little bit about that. Wouldn't they just become like independents and play like a BYU schedule 2020? They said they're planning – That could be great for him. That could be great for him. They said they're planning to do the pack two and kind of like and play Washington State twelve times. Yeah, with the Mountain West. (laughs) Yeah, merge a little bit with the Mountain Mountain West. West. Yeah, that's what the talk was. Yeah, Uh, which Oregon State in the Mountain West enters as the favorite, wouldn't they? I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe yes. Air Force Fresno Fresno State. Yeah. 
Air Force in a good year or Boise State in a good year might be better. That's another I'm another player sure. who's going to enter the transfer. Who's disappointed and can enter the transfer portal, Taylor Green. So, um, boys, mm, I know we're live, so I'm not going to curse. Um, but Boise State stop really, yeah, really messed up me. Taylor Green situation. Um, like, they really screwed that one up. They had a player who was, like, in my opinion, special to the Mountain West and the G5 and just said, hey, we're not going to use him as – we're not going to use his strengths. That was a that, – that was a problem. I, I really, mm-hmm. really thought that Boise State messed that one up. I hope he goes elsewhere. Like, he deserves to be featured as the athlete that he is. Do and, and, I, and I know Austin wants to get out of here, but I want to ask this question too because I think it's interesting information. Does anybody know what's happening at Texas Tech? Like, so, um, I, T- Tyler Show, Tyler Shuck to start the season, and then I thought that, uh, who's that? Who's the guy that Alan True liked last year? I thought that he would be a backup, yeah, yeah, yes, they're all, but then I saw this. This dude, Jake Strong, is the one who started. They're all injured. The most recent. Mar- all- Martin, Martin was hurt last week. He'll play this week. Oh, okay. And Shuck is out for the season. Well, I don't believe they actually rolled him out, but he, he broke he, his leg. He, he's, so. he's out for the season. Um, yeah, they've both been hurt. But is Zach Kitley overrated, or he just doesn't have the quarterback talent there? I don't. I, so Good question. My perception of the Texas Tech team is that they don't have the players on offense and they don't have the players on defense. So, like, I think this team took a significant step back when we thought they would take a significant step forward. The defense has not lived up to their part, which certainly affects the offense in, in like, how many plays they can get off and how often they're going to be on the field and whatnot. But... Yeah, I, I don't know if I blame Zach Kitley because, I mean, he's not the one bringing in players to this program, at least since he's been yeah. there. But, yeah, yeah it's, it has not been as advertised for sure. Okay. All right. Peace, everybody.